Blog Talk Radio. Yes, this is Delon White, R&B soul singer of Ambient Records, and you are listening to Bianca Fly on her beautiful Butterfly Radio Show, part of the Vibration Radio Network, where she gives interviews, information, and covers all types of topics. Uh, we are going to 
uh, find out all about this book and more. But don't forget, if you have a question or a comment, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. Or if you have a question or a comment, uh, feel free to hit me up on Facebook at Nyaka uh, via inbox. And I would love to ask your questions live here on the broadcast this evening. So we're not going to delay. Uh, we're going to bring the special guest of the hour on here. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. Welcome. How are you doing? I am doing so well. I, I thank you for having me on your show once again. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm very excited. Absolutely. I feel like it's a reunion because uh, it, it's mm-hmm. been a while. But um, like I was saying, you know, you're definitely one of those people that I have known. Oh, uh, man, when I, when I first started doing this, and so it's always good to um, reunite um, with people that have, have walked along with you on a journey. So, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I'm just I'm happy and excited all at once. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So for the folks out there, uh, this may be their first time being introduced to you. Um, tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay. My name is Stylisha Bowden. Um, I've been writing since I was young. However, um, I started out doing poetry professionally. Oh, I think it, I can't even remember. <laughs> it's been so, so long ago, but I started doing poetry, and that's how I connected with Bianca with her show when it first started out. And um, mm-hmm. in those in the last several years, I have um, evolved in my writing. I always say I'm a writer first um, before mm-hmm. any other title is thrown in there, but I have written poetry, short stories, plays, songs when I was younger, and now I decided to get back into writing a lot more, and I wanted to um, write a romance uh, book or a short story romance literature. I'm getting into romance literature, and I enjoy it. I'm a romantic type of person, so. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And so what was it um, that – um, encourage you or prompted you uh, to write a book like this because, like you said, most people um, have known you from um, the the great poetry that you have written and spoken spoken word and all those avenues. Uh, what made you decide um, to write this particular style of book, being a romantic suspense? Well, you know what? Um, like I said before. People that don't know me personally, I'm a very mm-hmm. romantic person. I, I love right. romance. I'm all, all, always wa- love watching uh, romantic comedies and stuff. Mostly yeah. all the shows, all the movies that I watch are romance. And for me, this is this was something that was not new to me because, like I mm-hmm. said, when I was younger, I used to always write short stories, plays, poems, songs. However, um, I had stopped doing that when I was younger, and I just got into poetry because it seemed like poetry was for that season and that time, and it just flowed, you know, for me. And uh, transitioning from poetry to blogging, I'm also, I'm also a blogger. And, um, you know, just writing on my blog, and, you know, I realized I needed to grow a little bit more in my writing, um, especially, you know, getting getting into romance or getting into any type of, type of literature where it's considered short story or novel form. I um, decided to go to Paris in t- 2014 to a writing workshop, which helped me so much evolve into writing and the romance. You know, Paris is everything. Paris is 
is more than just a place to visit. It's an experience. And so after um, transitioning from through all that, I just felt like it was the time for me right now to kind of get into something fun and get into something that I truly love. I love a good uh, suspenseful romance story. So that was the transition in doing all that. Absolutely, absolutely. And <clears throat> what is it um, about romance? Because I feel like sometimes, <clears throat> you know, particularly who, who we're talking to or, or having a conversation with, um, the subject of romance um, sometimes can be a loss. <laughs> a lost conversation. Uh, you know, people kind of forget about that um, nowadays when it comes when it comes to um, things and so forth. And so, what do you think it is about romance um, that you know intrigues you and that has you know made you a love for it? You know what I think. Everybody deep down inside, everybody loves a good love story. For me, back in the '90s, growing up in the '90s, Love Jones. Love Jones is one of those movies and love stories that I can watch over and over again and watch even now um, and still seem like it was done in this time frame. And so having good love stories, you know, to me, and watching uh, two characters develop in love and in romance, and like you said before, I think we live in a society where I don't even know if love is even – even in the middle of relationships, uh, a lot of people at this time in this millennium, uh, they get in relationships for different reasons, different things, and romance, and and people connect romance with sex, and romance is not sex. It's something totally different, and I think for romance, you have to understand it's about communication. It's about um, uh, being there for that person, and I just think it was so important for me to bring a story that wasn't, I'm not an erotica type of romance writer, Mm -hmm. but just to bring a nice romantic story that had a little suspense in it to kind of get people out of the mindset. It has, sex has to be involved. Although romance is, you know, people connect romance to sex, but most romance books, depending on what um, category or genre that they fit in, it's not going to always be about sex because sometimes I think that takes away from the story. So I think love is important, you know, and allowing characters to develop their love story is a beautiful thing. As the author, sometimes you're trying to control the story one way, but the, the characters are really the ones controlling your story. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and do you think that oftentimes, uh, and I'm glad that you mentioned when it when it comes to sex aspect, because you know, for people, when when you talk about romance, that seems to be the first thing that comes in their mind is you know is the sexual aspect. Um, yeah. You know, and so sometimes we may read a book that is you know said to be a romance book, but it is very heavy <laughs> in sexual <laughs> content. And so you trying to, you know, in your mind, like, okay, well, is this is this erotic or or is this romance? And so I think that is giving people um, you know, various ideas of what romance really is and what it symbolizes. And so um uh with this particular book um, I loved it uh, because it was one of those that kept you continuously wanting to read on to find out 
um, what was going to happen next. And so uh, this book is entitled The Antidote. And so uh, first we'll talk about the title in itself. Where, where do we get the, the title The Antidote from? Um, well, the main character, as you already um, know, is Sandy, mm-hmm. Sandy Wilson. Yes. And The Antidote is really connected to her, her character, because throughout the book she is – confused about really love and what love is um, through the relationship that she had and even the relationship with herself. She really doesn't understand what love is. And for her, the antidote is really love. But, you know, as you get through the story and near the end, you're like, oh, my God, I didn't expect this to happen to this character or, or this to happen with these characters because she's on a if people read the book or when people do get the book, they understand that. Sandy Sandy, and uh, the other characters are all on the search for love. Even the, right. even the guy she went on a blind date with, everybody mm-hmm. is in this story is looking for love in some type of way, but their idea of love is not really love. So everybody's looking for antidotes to, to cure them because we know the antidote is about a cure. So they're looking for right. love to be their cure and Everybody is searching and finding out that what they think is love is really not love, especially Sandy. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the um, the great things that I I loved about um, this book um, was in the beginning, um, you uh, created uh, a dedication, and the dedication in this book um, talked about. Um, you know, to to the power. Uh, oh gosh, I want to read it from verbatim, and my computer is is, is tripping on me. No, I have uh, it. But, I have my book. Okay. Can, can okay. I, all right, yeah, I have it. I read the, it. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I said, I, <laughs> no, I got this on hand just so you know when you interview me. Um, I um I said I dedicate this literary work to the power of love. First, love yourself and then let love lead you to someone that loves you in a higher dose. For you, what did that mean and what did that signify um, to you? Because it it definitely definitely spoke something to me. So what did it personally mean um, to you to write? Well, for me, it personally meant I can't expect or put the responsibility on someone else to love me and respect me and and be mm-hmm. there for me. If if I don't show mm-hmm. up for myself, if I don't love myself, if I don't take the time to get to really, really, really know who I am deep down inside, if I don't know myself worth, all those things connected to loving me, I can't expect somebody to love me on that same on that same level. I can't expect right. somebody to love me in the higher dose. But when I take the time to go through a, my journey and self-love is a consistent journey. It's more than just pampering yourself, hair, nails, toes done. That's the surface mm-hmm. part. Getting to the deeper issues of your issues, basically everything that you're dealing with or may not understand why you're a certain, why you act a certain way. And when you get to the deep core of who you are and when you start being honest with yourself and realize, no, I don't like who I am or I don't like those things about myself. So I need mm-hmm. to change. And um, not that I need to be fixed, but I need to change who I am 
to be a better person for me. And when you get, when you start doing that, the layers start peeling off you, and then you'll be able to attract who you are because we, there's an old cliche of quote, we teach people how to treat us. So if Mm -hmm. you don't treat yourself good and you don't love yourself, you're going to end up attracting that same energy and those same people. So that that was my whole feel for that, and that's what that means to me. Do you think that, like, because for me, I think it's easy for us to um, get caught up in expecting or, or looking for people to love us, even in the midst when we don't love ourselves. And so oftentimes we, we find, we you know, we may experience um, the conflict uh, that becomes behind that when we get into relationships, you know, because we are, 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 we are craving for this person um, to love us in a certain way that we expect to be. But in hindsight, we don't really love ourselves. We don't really learn our, know ourselves. And so, um, you know, sometimes we find ourselves in, in the midst of, of relationships or marriages or whatever, um, and we have expected this person to love us. Um, and but, but we haven't that platform in our own lives to love ourselves. So do you think it's easy for us to get caught up in just depending on other people? Um, to love us without us even taking the time to, you know, nourish ourselves? I think it's really easy because of what we see in society. Um, right. You know, they, I'm, you know, uh, to the new slang, I guess, at my, and I'm not old, but just at my age, you know, we had different <laughs> different slang words, you know, back in the 80s right. and 90s. Cause I'm 80s, baby, I was born in 79. So, you know, you got the cuffing season, you know, this is a time, where we're in the cuffing season, fall, winter time, right. time to get connected with that, get some, with somebody, let them know up front that is is friends with benefits or whatever the situation might be. <laughs> and I just think we are so caught up in societal ideas right. of what right. a relationship's supposed to be, and everybody's right. so fluid, you know, nowadays. Yeah. Um, and not knocking people for what they want to do, do what you want to do, but at the same time, it, it causes a lot of confusion. And I just right. think it's so easy to say, this person should love me. And if they don't love me the way I expect them to love me, my feelings are going to be hurt. I'm right. going to be sad. I'm going to be upset. Right. And I think that for me, I know with uh, Sandy, a uh, character, that's how she, you know, if you, you know, if anybody reads the story, um, they're going to see that, that she was looking for love in not all the right places, you know. Um, right. And instead of not looking within herself, there were certain issues that she had, you know, emotional attachment issues. You could see it even in her character, she had some, you, you see she had issues, even with the daddy. You know, I didn't talk about daddy issues, but you can see from her character, she had some type of daddy issues, you know. And I just think we... It's so easy to blame somebody else when we don't want to take the responsibility for ourselves because it's easy to point fingers. It's harder to say, I have this issue. This is my problem. I need to deal with it. I need to take a year, six months to a year to deal with me before I jump into dating or jump into a relationship or jump into 
talking to somebody. I need to take this time for myself. And I think people are scared to be alone. That's the mm-hmm. ultimate thing, I believe. People are scared to be mm-hmm. alone. Absolutely. Because I think, well, I think what I've learned, <laughs> what I learned about my myself um, when I, I uh, it was certain, a certain period of time where I just said, okay, I, I'm not dating anybody. I'm not, you know, talking to anybody. I'm just, I'm just focused on me. And I think in that time is when I discovered why people don't like being alone because you learn stuff about yourself or things are revealed about yourself that you may not even like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Like that's me. That those are my characteristics, you know? So, um, and, and you're alone in your thoughts. Um, and so sometimes, you know, having to deal with that on your own can be difficult. Um, and just learning to be on our own period. And, and even going back at the beginning of this book, um, uh, you know, Sandy is, is getting ready to go um, on this blind date, but she's, you know, she just got out this, this breakup, you know, with somebody like a couple months ago. And so, and it goes back to what you were saying about not allowing ourselves um, time to recover uh, from a past relationship. And so, do you feel that, you know, for men and, and women, is do you think that we've been trained, so to speak, by whether it's family experiences or society in general to, okay, I just got this relationship, but I'm, I'm going to keep on moving on, pressing on to the, to the next one without taking time to, you know, find out, okay, why did that last relationship did not work out? You know, what was the the pros and cons about this other relationship before we move on to the next. So do you think that we are taught, you know, by society just to just, just keep moving um, or we just have that need for companionship? Well, you know what? I, I can, I'll just um, say this. I think in a way we have because we live in a society. I know when I was in the military and, you know, um, it was about going, 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 and you had mm-hmm. no time to focus on your own life, you know. And I think because we we're in a highly tech age type of society now, mm-hmm. where everything people are very impatient. People is I need it now. That we live in a fast food generation, so we want instant glorification and instant results, me included. I'm not subtracting myself (laughs) as well. And our patience to wait, our patience to have things is very limited. Um, And I know through all the different transitions I've been through in relationships, I can honestly say it was not a time where I spent, like, to myself until, like, I think 2011 I started my own journey and I call it the authentic journey. In 2011, I went on the journey to kind of realize I'm like, the last relationship didn't work out. And I'm like, okay, when have I ever been by myself? I didn't like what I was dealing with and the men that I was attracting. And I didn't like who I was. I was changing who I was in the relationships. And so I'm like, you know what? A fr- an old friend of mine at the time, she said, most of the time it's you. It's you because you're attracting those guys. It's you, Silesha. And I'm like, oh, my God. And she was so right, you know, at the time when we were friends. She was so right. So that is what prompted me to go into the journey. But I I truly think we are trained 
And I just think because society has evolved so much, do people date? That's why at the beginning I had the um, blind date because I don't even – I'm like, do people go on blind dates? Do people – I know, you know, they had a a time where they had speed dating. You know, I know they somewhat have that, but now you have all these dating apps. And we – like I said, instant glorifications. I'm old school, um, and what I mean by old school, I believe in just organically meeting somebody. Um, there's nothing wrong with the dating apps. You have to know what works for you. I just know, mm-hmm. I just tried it. It doesn't work for me, not because, maybe because I need to put more effort to it. I just, it, that's just <laughs> not who I am. That's just not who right. I am. And so I, ha- I have friends that met somebody. They have relationships. They don't work out normal. But I just think because... You know, we in this fast food type of generation. Slowing mm-hmm. down is like a very abnormal concept. So I, I just think in a way we have been kind of trained, you know, in a way all of us, you know, me included. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that, um, and, and it's ironic that you said that because I just had, <clears throat> excuse me, a um, relationship coach on. Um, lastly, mm-hmm. and she talked about in her own journey um, of uh, dealing with a, a terrible breakup, she began to pick up this this mannerism of, okay, this relationship is over, let me move on to the next. And then mm-hmm. later on, she began to realize what the trend was of of mm-hmm. you know it, you know leaving this relationship and then going quickly to pick it up and. You know, it's because in those moments you don't want to identify those feelings and those emotions that have come attached to that situation. You know, it's not, and some people have a tendency to think that you don't care, like, oh, well, you know, it didn't bother her that, you know, they broke up. And it's not necessarily that, but it's that particular person not choosing, you know, to deal with those particular issues that are attached to that person or to the issues that they themselves cause that relationship to end you know so so oftentimes um you know we we pick up behaviors and we pick up mannerisms about things and so you know and that was kind of my thing um for a while especially um coming out of college you know when I uh, you know broke up with somebody you know I was like okay all right and then it wouldn't be too long before I was with someone else and so some people thought I was being harsh like oh well she just (laughs) You know, she didn't care. And it wasn't that. Um, you know, it was simply I had created this thing in my head where once things are over, I shut down. So I no longer have nothing to say to you. I no have nothing to You know, no longer have energy to put into that situation, and I just move on. But it didn't help me in the end because I was still dealing with the experiences of that relationship and the issues and trauma that I might have experienced in that relationship. And I just took it to the next relationship, you know? And so that's what, you know, a lot of us, you know, have the tendency to do. And so this particular character in this book, um, Sandy, uh, where did Sandy come from? Is Sandy based off of yourself or some women, you know, where did you get the inspiration uh, to create Sandy? Well, I say this as an author, I would never make a character solely about me because as an author, you don't want people to know your weaknesses or your issues. So I would never base the totality of a character 
on all my issues. <laughs> I, I mean that that um that's you know I have to separate myself from the character, and maybe certain little things you know I take certain little things about myself to help develop a character, but to allow a character to fully develop. You really need to let, and it might sound weird, um, let a character speak to you as a writer. Um, I, I remember the movie of The Man Who Invented Christmas. Um, and when that movie came out, it was about Charles Dickens and how he created a, car- a character for A Christmas Carol. And the characters right. actually became real to him and spoke to him throughout how the story should be. And, and it was like, it's weird because with Sandy, I took bits and pieces from, I'm not going to say people, but just from what I see with women and some Mm -hmm. little things about my past, you know, things that I've dealt with in my past, you know, just bits and pieces from different uh, elements. And I say that, that's how I came up with Sandy, just taking different bits and pieces because the main thing was that self-love issue with her. Um, you know, you love yourself because if you loved yourself, it, it would the story would maybe be too fluffy and different. But um, and it, you know, so that's what for Sandy, her character was bits and pieces from different people, a little bit, a little, little, little things that I have been through, been through in my past, and just elements of what I've seen with women as a whole. Right. When it comes to um, Sandy. Do you think that Sandy knew deep down inside, you know, she was she was <clears throat> craving um, self love within herself. That's why she, um, <laughs> you know, her her mindset was was quite different from from most people. Do you see that deep down inside, craving self love, but she just didn't know or how to go about applying that. Can you repeat the question again? I, I didn't hear you a little bit. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, with Sandy, did you feel that she craved um, self-love, but she just didn't know how to apply it um, in her own life? Yeah, I think Sandy craved attention. That's what I think. You know, yeah. I you know I was. This is my first, uh, and I call it my mini book because it's, it's actually a short story, but I made it mm-hmm. into a book. Most people just you know, make short stories and send them to a publication. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to make it into a book because this (laughs) would be my, my start on showing people, okay, this is what you have to look, look forward to a little bit in, in what I'm about to start doing with my romance literature and and eventually novel. I just believe with Sandy and not to get too attached to my characters because as a writer, (laughs) you'll get really attached to a story Mm -hmm. And you can't move on to the next. And I think I was not as attached to Sandy um, as I was her best friend, Leah. Um, Sandy, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like Sandy had a – well, I want to, I don't want to say I wasn't attached to Sandy because she's the main, main character, and that would be totally not the <laughs> truth. With Sandy, I believe she was manipulative. I believe she craved attention. I believe – she knew what she had to do in order to not create this, these twists and turns and this circus of love, but I think she didn't want to do it because it was a point in the story, if you remember, where she went to Starbucks and it was so much going on, she said, 
this was that was the first time where she was by herself and in the cat and it kind of felt good that she was mm-hmm. by herself that she was alone. She took that day off to say, you know what, I just finished the blind day and I need this time to myself. People are trying to talk to me and everything, but I need this time to myself. I think in that moment she realized I need to step back and find out who I am. But, you know, if people read the story, they'll see what happens. So I just think she just, she's craved more attention than anything. (laughs) So I think she was, she was highly intelligent, but I think she, she was um, very addicted to the attention that she was getting throughout the story. Absolutely. And, And the thing about it is that, you know, we, you have a lot of women, um, and men, you know, but particularly yeah. women who are like Sandy, where people give you all of this attention, um, but then, you know, you don't necessarily know what to do when you're not receiving it on a consistent basis, uh, you know. And so the thing about it, and, you know, even the the scene of, of her being alone. Um, the fact is that, you know, society and just, you know, our friends and family can make make us believe being alone, you know, is like some type of, you know, uh, plague. Like we got some type of, you know, like you know, some type of disease, you know, because we hear it, you know, if you go for a while, you go to the Thanksgiving uh, or go to the barbecue in the summertime, girl, when are you going to get to a man? When are you going to get to a husband? Yep. Or, you know, all these different things. And you think, like, well, gee, I'm all right. You know, I'm good. I'm <laughs> yeah. good where I'm at at the moment, you know. And so, you know, you constantly have to have to deal, you know, with these, uh, this, this kind of pressure, so to speak, uh, from family and friends. And so I think that, you know, a lot of us need to embrace you know, those moments um, of, of being alone. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're going to be alone forever, but I think, you, you know, everybody needs to have those moments where they are able to, you know, know what that feels like and, and, yeah. and be okay with that. Yeah. And just to um, uh, connect to what you were saying, because that is yeah. so true. And I just think, too, we need to give ourselves, like you said, give ourselves that time, but not have, not put a limit. Like yeah. about thirty five. Thirty five I got I supposed to be married, have two point five right. kids and right. a dog and this white picket fence and look mm-hmm. like Michelle and Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. And right. a lot of people, you know, have to get out of that idea is like, are you gonna let people bully you into the life that they think they sh- that they mm-hmm. think you should have or are you mm-hmm. going to be brave enough to say, this is the life I want. It's, it, I have certain friends that, you know, that don't want any children. I have some mm-hmm. friends that just don't want to get married. You have right. to really, what I've, what I've learned, I'm 39 now, and the greatest thing I've learned is I have to be true to myself because at the end of the day, I'm going to be by myself. Say when I, whenever I, I do want to get married, but I'm, I'm not so much, oh my God, I got to get married. I, I, my thing has always been if I get married, I get married. If I don't, I don't. I believe right. God has a great, always a big plan for my life. And I'm, I don't want to limit that plan by saying, oh, my God, I'm about to be 40. I, you know, I want to have another kid, which I don't. <laughs> but I want to get married, you know. 
And I just feel like it'll come in this time. It'll come in this timing. Um, uh, Nia Long said it best. You know, as women, I think we just need to take it slow. And and not just women. I am a woman. That's why I'm saying women. But women and and men, we just need to take the process slow because I feel like, for me. I want a man to be my best friend, first of all, because I've been in a lot of relationships and <laughs> a lot of relationships with um, men and they were not my friend at all. And it hurt me so much because I just jumped into it. And so I just think just taking a step back and not limiting yourself and say, well, if I'm not married by 45, it's the end of the world. I just think we need to organically just be instead of, focusing on doing, we should be focusing on just being because ultimately we are human beings. And I think we take the being part off of human. We are human beings. Being mean, being still, being patient, and just being natural and flowing with life. So I think if we do that naturally and organically, that right person is going to come into your life. You know, I think that's what I feel, you know, anyway. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. I think that, you know, a lot of people have created so much pressure and it goes back to what you were saying about, you know, people, you know, well, by a certain age, you should have this and that. And unfortunately, um, you know, people have fell into that and they have ended up in relationships and marriages that they are miserable in because people press them you know hey you you got to get married oh he's the best man for you he's you know she's the best woman for you or you know whatnot um you might have had women who necessarily didn't want kids but because that's what they you know were told hey you need to go ahead and have those babies you know and and (laughs) and now they're experiencing all these you know these disconnects or whatever with their kids that's not really what they wanted you know so we, we have to make sure that you know, before we, you know, fully commit to ourselves, uh, to certain things and to people, uh, that, you know, that's, that's something that we, we really want to do. And sometimes it's not easy, you know, breaking away from the mold, so to speak, and, no, and doing your own thing, because you know people are going to, you know, um, have things to say and so forth, but, you know, you have to keep, you know, pressing on um, or whatnot. And so, um, what I want to do is, though, uh, I do want to take a, a short break, you guys, and uh, we're going to come back um, with more uh, stylish, you guys, and we're going to continue discussing more of the antidote. So don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be right back with more right here on the beautiful butterfly show. I got a little, um, a little surprise uh, for you guys. Um, and actually, uh, Salisha is well doing this break. So <laughs> we'll be right back, you guys. Uh, don't go anywhere. You are tuned in to the beautiful butterfly show. Hey, y'all. It's Coach Michelle Jackson. And when I'm not busy coaching, motivating, or writing, I listen to Bianca Fly on the beautiful butterfly show. Bianca Fly takes me high on the beautiful butterfly show. Just be. Be regal. 
be explosive, be outrageous, and you got to be sexy, be mysterious, be united, be fearless, transform for the better, renewed by the shifting of your mind, and walk with the swagger with undeniable charm, cascading and spreading your wings, soaring high in abundance, brilliantly possessing your dreams coming true, dare to be, cause you got to be you, stay true to yourself, not neglecting who you are, what you are, you're simply the best. Be full of brilliance, putting your get back against the storm. Be breathtaking, determined to be you. Be unstoppable, don't let nobody stop you. Be unforgettable, they're going to always think about you. Stay true to yourself, don't lie to yourself. Don't be anyone but you. Keep dreaming. Keep the torch burning. Let it burn. Let it burn. Set the flame on fire. Your dreams will set that path. Say in the divine order. Because only one creator handcrafted you, G-O-D. God the creator molded you. There's no one greater. So be who you are. Don't stop. Don't stop. to be, yearn to be, be you, dare to be, yearn to be, just be, simply be.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And tonight, you guys, we are joined by Arthur, Arthur of Zalisha Bowden, you guys. And we're discussing her book entitled The Antidote. And uh, you see, Zalisha, I had to sneak, I had to sneak a Odie book. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just <laughs> laughing because I'm like, wow. And you know what? For that, for me, it makes me realize, don't forget where you started from. Don't be like, no, I don't do poetry anymore. I, I, yeah. I mean, I haven't done poetry in a long, long time. I haven't did poetry in a long, long time. And just, you know, mm. working those muscles again. But it's just so funny because I forgot. I think I did that in 2009, 2010. I yeah. don't Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was like, you know what? I got some oldies <laughs> but goodies from her from way back when. And I'm going to have to dig in a crate. Uh, tonight, so to speak, and so, um, but I, I'm, I'm thankful for it because it actually, um, you know, shares a lot of, of what we're discussing tonight. You know, just yeah. be, you know, just, wow. just be you and, and learn that you are enough. So look at that. Look at, at what something that you created years ago and how it has an influence today. Um, you know, wow. so it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful, and so. Um, of course, tonight, folks, we're talking about the antidote, um, a romantic suspense story. And so, what made you want to make this actually a suspense story? Because you could have just left it a romance, you know, story and took it there. But what made you want to add the um to it? To it. Well, you know what? I think everybody, like I said before, everybody love a, a nice love story, but. I like a little suspense. I I like <laughs> romance, but I like a little suspense, too. I like something that's right. a little, maybe not scary, you know, but a thriller. I like something that's going to keep me on my feet. And um, I was like, you know what, when, when I started the story, it just was coming to me. And when I was trying to force the way I wanted to go, I would just hit a brick wall, or what, what mm-hmm. you would say, writer's block. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I had to take a step back because I started this actually in 2015. Um, wow. It was just, like I said, 2015. So that was like three years ago. And then um, just this year, I picked it back up and I looked at it. And I'm like, you know what? And I just started flowing. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is it's creating something more than what I expected. And I wasn't going to even make it into a book. I was like, well, I'm just going to upload it as an ebook, and they can, you know, get it as an ebook. But then – I was like, you know what? I haven't did a book per se since my poetry books. And I say, you know what? Let me make it into book form and see if I can do that. And I was able to do that with Create Space. That's why I call it a mini book because it's not a lot of pages. You know, people don't have to sit there for, you know, just reading, 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 and, you know, have to pick it up because I know I love to read. So it takes me a, a long time to maybe read 100 pages because I got to, life gets in the way and I have to pick it back up <laughs> and go from, you know, start, you know, start the book over. But I wanted to create something that was an easy read, but yet suspenseful. That was fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like if it was a cookie cutter uh, romance, I mean, everybody in no offense to those that do it, but it's a lot of romance authors, depending on if they Mm -hmm. contemporary romance, historic romance, erotica. Sometimes if you make a cooker cutter, cookie cutter type of book, I feel like it disengaged the reader. I wanted this book, this story to be about keeping the reader 
constantly engaged because mm-hmm. I didn't want them to be involved in the character. You know, with different characters other than Sandy, it was different characters. It was her friend Leah. Leah had some stuff going on. You know, it was uh, Jeremy and Eugene and Glenn. I mean, every character had a little something going on, but I didn't want to create just a clean character, and then you hit a climax, and you was like, oh, I knew that was going to happen at the end. And then you're done with the story because you already kind of foretold the story. I didn't want the reader to foretell what was going to happen. So I had to step back and let the characters breathe life into the uh, story. Because if I was trying to do it, and for, I was trying to force the way I wanted to go, no, it's going to end like this, the ending surprised me. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so so I, I just, you know, I, I – I think it's so important for writers. As writers, we are connected to our story, but for us to take the time to step back and say, you know what, hey, let me take a day off or a week off. Let me go mm-hmm. go on vacation. You know, I don't believe right. in sitting there typing away at my laptop all day because I don't do that. I don't write every day like that. That's not how I do. I think living life and enjoying life will help you be able to put breathe life into your character. So that's why I added the suspense. I didn't want a straightforward type of uh, romance book. Absolutely, absolutely. And so for this, um, I, I know you have, have created this, this awesome book, and so can folks expect more from you? Do you think that you will continue um, this on? Because I know I definitely want more. Um, I always knew um, that you had a great way with words, but when I read this book, um, it was as if you had written Buku, um a book before. I was truly, truly impressed um, just by the characters, the, the build of the story, the whole nine. And so, um, do you think you know readers can expect more um, books from me? Oh yes, this was, first of all, I want to say thank you because. Going from poetry to like yeah. anything that's a form of a a novel type book, you know, this could have been a right. like a full novel, but I didn't want to jump into a novel because you know I do have a story that I was developing since another story that I that was de- developing in 2015 that have all the characters. I did a character outline for that book and stuff. I still don't have a title for it because most of the books I get a title first, and my mm-hmm. characters are just kind of come to life, but. This was just an introduction to what you can expect more of, you know, and not so much more of because I never get caught in one genre, but romance, yes. I I just wanted, this was an introduction for me to the romance genre world for uh, literature. So, and thank you for saying that. I appreciate you saying that because as an author, you know, we sensitive about our stuff. (laughs) So, um, Erica Badu said it best, and I, I, one thing I would, would say to any writer, or, I, you know, I've been writing for a long time, but I've been professionally mm-hmm. doing this for 10 years, probably, yeah, about, yeah. about 10 years. And you cannot, your, your book or whatever you have or whatever your art is, it's not going to be for everybody. You can't, it, that's impossible. Everybody's not going to like the antidote. Some people are going to be like, oh, my God, it could have flowed a lot better. But mm-hmm. they're gonna have their um, opinions, and it's not. It's don't. I'm not gonna be everybody's favorite glass of orange juice, and that's okay. However, the people that love it, that's my audience. 
So if writers understand, once they target, if once they know who their target audience is, that's that's who their people are. Your people is not the eighty percent of people that don't like it. Your twenty percent of people, the ones that support you and really got involved in your care, those right. that's your tribe. So I think right. that's what I'm still learning, <laughs> and and I'm I'm just you know it's important. It's important, but yes, expect a lot more. I have a couple of things, you know, a couple of. Pro, uh, romance novel projects uh coming up soon sooner sooner than later i'd say okay with this um and we talked about that transition from you know writing poetry into now writing a book what did you learn uh, what did you learn about yourself throughout this journey uh, of writing the antidote that you may you know may not have been too too aware of before Wow, that's a great question. Oh my goodness. That's a great question. I had to learn. I think the main thing and I, I was don't be salesy. Meaning mm-hmm. that everybody write books. Everybody want mm-hmm. every author that's a that's a new author or maybe mm-hmm. not a new author. Everybody wants right. you want everybody to buy your book. And when mm-hmm. you're pushing it on social media, buy my book, go to this uh link and buy my book. People don't know mm-hmm. who you are, and people, right. it they just not going to do it. They hit love, but that don't mean they actually went to your link, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I had to learn to step back and say, you know what, social media is not the only place to connect because it's virtual world. You don't know these people. I'm more of an intimate person, so connecting with people face-to-face, that's, that's better for me. Mm-hmm. Connecting with with my readers and people that finding my target audience is that is better. So I think for this experience for me was don't when you doing when you're in the process of doing your book, let people know what you're doing. You know I'm a very mm-hmm. a private person, right. um, but when you have a business <laughs> and if you don't want writing to be a hobby, you need to let people know what's going on with your process. And I think that's mm-hmm. what I've learned the most. And being patient, you know, and it's it's gonna take time. I'm I'm not Terry McMillan, so I don't have that name of oh, okay, I know who she is, so I I'm, I can trust her work. You just have to be patient and give yourself time. I think that's what I've learned. And poetry was easy. I write three or four or five poems in the book, and for each chapter, and it turned out to a hundred pages. Bam, and it's done. You know, but writing a story it takes time to allow everything to develop and making sure you're not just talking about in and everything. So I think that that was the biggest thing I learned. Patience, don't be salesy, and and know your target audience. Build a relationship with the people that's truly about your art form. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing, you know, I think that uh, for, for any author, uh, you know, it is a lot of pressure because, you know, sometimes, especially when we sit back and we're connected with other authors and we sit back and we watch how people um, are constantly, you know, putting their book out there and, and and we're like, okay, well, how much is too much promotion? You know, or how much is, you know, putting too much out there for folks? Uh, but like you said, you know, to be able to open up and share your journey um, through the, you know, the early part stages of, of creating this book to now um, being a, a finished product um, uh, allows people to um, see your growth because um, I, I can definitely tell you um, that I have, you know, I've definitely seen that growth 
um, just it blossomed over the years. And so it's always phenomenal to me um, to watch other people um, grow and blossom because, like I've said, I've always uh, loved hearing your poetry and, and you come on the show and, and you know, or just reading um, if, you, if you post it, you know, in a blog or whatnot. And so um, being able to see now greater things, you know, blossom from that. And now we have um, the antidote, um, you know, it allows people to to be open and be respect, receptive to um, using our talents. You know, a lot of times we don't realize the hidden gifts, you know, that we have within ourselves because sometimes we don't, you know, we don't tap into it, but sometimes that's how it's orchestrated, you know, for us to tap into uh, certain things when it's time. It's time for us to tap into that. So I'm glad that you tapped into uh, this arena, and um, I'm definitely looking forward uh, to more to come from you um, as well. And so I know the folks that you know are wondering about the poetry aspect as well, and wondering, you know, if they're gonna get you know some more poetry eventually from you. So what do you think? Are you are you going to you know eventually share more poetry, or right now you wanna? Well, you know what? I think um, because of the, I would say this and be really transparent. Um, I, yeah. I had a bit of relationship with poetry, and yeah. the way I ended my poetry, the relationship mm-hmm. was bitter because I didn't like the competition of it and gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. getting it into the point where people is not, it's more of a competitive because when I would perform it locally where I, where I live, I. I would mm-hmm. perform it. But then I'm like, well, my, what I do, I, I was in the military, so my, my, the calling that I believe and know that God has for me is more, it's bigger, it's international. So mm-hmm. me just trying to be a local blow-up person, that's not me. I want to do something that's lasting, not just right. for a one-minute, one-minute thing. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to put a limit on myself and say, I'm never doing poetry again. I just think I need to make peace with certain things that I didn't like with the whole poetry arena. Will I ever do poetry again? I believe, I mean, I I still, I have written, I have written some poetry, but I don't write like I used to consistently, but um, to work that muscle for a poetry book or a poem to come out again, it's still in me. I just haven't worked those muscles, but I'm not going to put a limit on myself and say, no, I'm not going to come out with poetry I, I'm not going to say that. I don't know what the future holds, but I know right now this is the genre as well as I always say uh, self-help because I also do self-help books as well. You know, I have one that's going to be uh, coming out sometime later on in a year or two with uh, my Red Lips and Stilettos Instagram movement page. So all I can say is I'm not going to put a, a, a ceiling on all that God has for me. I'm open to doing poetry again and flowing again. Hey, I'm I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Absolutely, absolutely. We're definitely uh, going to be ready and, and ready uh, when that time comes. And so, uh, for the folks out there, um, they 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 you know they may be that aspiring um, author or writer. They might have been writing for a long time and and, and may just haven't you know stepped out on it. Uh, what would be your words of encouragement um, to those out there um, who are wanting to share um, their writings or feel like they have a story but but just haven't got that push yet? Well, I think the biggest 
encouragement or advice um, that I would give a person that has a story, don't hold your story. It 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 does not profit you to hold hold your story up because that's really being selfish. If you have a story to tell and God has given you this writing gift, it's selfish to hold that story to yourself, whether it's romance, whether it's poetry, whether it's science fiction, fantasy, whatever the the story is within, it deserves to have a voice. And as a writer, we are that voice. So to hold that story on the inside or procrastinate and never get that story out, I would encourage any writer to put it out there, get some help, get a mentor, and and finish your story and get it out there, even if it's just on if you decide to create a blog and just have people read your stuff for free or whatever the case might be, or you want to do a quick, small 20-page, 30-page book, get mm-hmm. your story out there because somebody's going to need that story in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And I definitely want to thank you so much uh, for coming oh, on no. here uh, this evening. I definitely appreciate you. And for the folks out here, um, so I should tell them where they can go to purchase um, the antidote and how people can connect with you uh, through social media and all those great apps. Uh, first, I want to say thank you for having me. I really appreciate you always creating an atmosphere and environment for indie artists and authors and everything, first of all. Thank you so much. Um, they can get in touch with me as far as social media, Instagram at Silesia, um, at uh, Red Lips and Stilettos, Twitter, uh, my name's Silesia Bolton, and Facebook, uh, my Facebook fan page, Silesia both a bonus so also to the to get my book you can go to amazon website you can get it from barnes and noble the ebook or the paperback version or they can go to my website my blog the inspirational net, and go to the inspired bookstore and it, it'll be all on there and they once they go to the bookstore it'll come up so if they just type in my name a whole bunch of stuff will come up and they'll be able to find the book Absolutely, absolutely, and um, definitely um, I will be sharing the link so that you guys um, can go um, and purchase a book as well as, as also um, connect with Silesia. And so uh, with that said, thank you so much again, and definitely, hey, anytime you want to come back on, you definitely uh, hit me up, and we will set things up and, and get you back on here. we got to do this more often. Um, um, and, and have you back on here more often. I look forward to that, and I'm just grateful uh, just to see you expand and, and get out here and continue to do more, um, and I'm looking forward to more greatness to come from you. Well, I want to say thank you, Bianca, and now I'm going to challenge you. You need to have a poetry <laughs> night. If you, I'm going to challenge me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. If you Decide whenever that timing is right. We're not forcing it. We just go organically, let it flow. But if you have a poetry night, and yeah. I follow you on your Instagram pages, so if you have a poetry night and I see or you tell me and tag me or whatever, I will come and do some poetry. Okay. I promise. Okay. All right. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. I, I like the sound of that. Is uh, once again, you guys make sure you go and check out the antidote. Uh, by Stylisha Bowden, you guys. And so I hope you have a great uh, rest of your evening and rest of the week. And we'll be talking with you again soon.
Talisha, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. But yes, um, I definitely will, will be in touch with you again soon. And I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. I'm sorry. I paused for a minute. I thought she was talking to the audience. I paused. I, paused. I was like, uh. <laughs> well, I will. Thank you so much. And I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed our, the interview and the conversation. You have a beautiful day. You too. All right. All right, you guys. That was Stylisha Bowden. You guys, make sure you go and check out The Antidote. Um, available now, guys. That romantic suspense story. Um, and so um, tonight, we're going to close out our show with um, Elijah Bland. This one is entitled uh, For the Record, you guys. And so if you don't know, uh, make sure you guys go and connect with Elijah Bland on Twitter um, at Elijah, E-L-I-J-A-H, Bland, B-L-A-N-D, um, and connect with him. Um, he just came uh, from an awesome tour over in the U.K. and uh, opened up and to a um, sold-out show. So, hey, we are definitely proud of you. Um, Elijah and all of the things that you have going on and stuff. With that said, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here. Uh, I am Bianca Fry. I hope you guys have a great uh, rest of your evening and week. And no matter, always keep pushing you guys to the next level. With that said, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here. You guys take it easy. I'll see you next time. Now we're